ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys. This week I sit down with Mike Burnside. We get into then versus now, bicycles and 22s, outdoor adventures with cowgirl Kenzie, and one heck of a resume. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Mike Burnside. Mike, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for jumping on with me. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much to you, Guy. I mean, this I really appreciate this opportunity to yeah, you know, talk about some of the things I've got to do. Absolutely. So we'll just jump right into it, man. Why don't you uh, give us some, give us a little bit of an intro, and then uh, you know your hunting and outdoor life. You know, I uh, I, I consider myself an Okie of Oklahoma. I was born in Oklahoma, north north central Oklahoma. Lived there uh, for the early part of my life, and uh, you know, hunting and fishing. You know, just like. Some of your listeners will get an idea how old I am. I can uh, I can still remember when gas was forty nine nine and a box of twenty two shells was forty nine cents. Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two big things that still stick out in my mind. And uh, you know, I grew up on a uh, at the time as a wheat and beef uh, ranch. You know, we uh, harvest our own wheat, your own hay. My dad uh, ran cattle. And uh, we leased, leased the land, and I had to free run. You know, uh, as a kid, when I look back now, I had the perfect childhood for, for me. You know, it was uh, the closest neighbor was three-quarters of a mile away. You know, I'd hop on my bike, and I was free to go. As long as I checked in with my mom, stop at the neighbor's, call at noon, and be home for supper, as long as she knew. You know, and back in that day, uh, we'd stop lady would say hey you want some lemonade cookies you know we didn't have to worry about it you know we just took off hunted fished uh i had my fishing pole i would put on that uh, bicycle 
whatever, whatever pond, whatever Creek, that was the fishing hole. You know, we, uh, we just had the run of the land. Uh, I grew up, you know, whatever I killed was food for the table. You know, during that time, you know, my dad would get me a box of 22 shells, but he said, I was one of those that I expect, uh, every shot to count, you know? So you didn't have to come back with something for every 22, but you better be able to explain everything you shot at. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it was a good way that, you know, you didn't waste shells. I mean, I had an old single shot 22 that was handed down to me and I, I break open 410. And, uh, it was amazing how deadly you could be with those open sites when that's all you use for years, you know, uh, rabbits, squirrels, bullfrogs, you know, those all came home and quail, you know, that little 410 is amazing how good a shot I became with a 410. Uh, when we were in the eighth grade, you know, and it, it, at the time it was traumatic. We, uh, my dad decided we're going to go back to, we we're going to go to New Mexico. He had, he had an uncle that had been there before I was born. My dad had worked out there and, uh, he was going to go back, help my uncle working there and, Eighth grade, you know, I don't want to leave this place, you know, a whole different world. Well, you know, as luck would have it, man, I moved to northern New Mexico, uh, lived two and a half miles off a, off the highway on a little old trout stream, you know, 50 yards from the house. And uh, elk, elk in the meadow, mule deer there, you know, whole nine yards. Uh, it was a dream life, you know, just trout fishing, you know. Again, my brother, I've got an older brother that uh we would go hiking and uh fishing you know we'd put on our packs and, you know when i was in the eighth ninth grade we'd be gone for three days you know as long as my mom and dad knew hey we're going upstream going up through the mountains and uh we'd camp you know have trout for three days because back then there was no dehydrated meals or you know trout was what we lived on morning breakfast and uh, breakfast lunch and dinner and uh you know, it was just, it was, uh, you know, I look back on my, all my high school, through my high school years, it was, it was just a great life. You know, my first, first introduction to big game hunting, uh, when we moved out there in the eighth grade, my uncle, my dad got to go with, uh, my uncle right inside the Colorado line, uh, across from New Mexico on a elk hunt. And, you know, of course, when I left Oklahoma, we were just starting to have a few white-tailed deer. You know, we had white-tailed deer, but not big numbers. But I'd never been anywhere outside of that. And uh, I went with my dad on that elk hunt. And uh, he had a spike bugle that, you know, he carried with him. And uh, I always remember we were, we were on this ridge. My dad hit that spike bugle. And we had three different elk answer from three different areas. And I was just like, you know, we, we all talk about raising the hair on the back of your neck. And I can still remember that feeling. And this five by six came in like he was on a string. You know, and I was just like, this is, you know, all the bugling going back and forth. And now I was just like, wow, this is just unbelievable. And uh, he shot that, shot that bull. And uh, I got to the next year, I actually got drawn for uh, an elk hunt there after I'd been there a year, got drawn to New Mexico and, uh, we hunted horseback. You know, I, when I look back on all my hunts, I've always got, ep they all seem to be epic because, uh, you know, it, it was just the memories are, are still burning in my mind. You know, it was the first day that we tried to go, it was 38 below 
and we couldn't get a vehicle started to go where we where my hunt area was and uh went out there that afternoon now we saw elk everywhere but there was about two to two and a half foot of snow there was one road in and it was snow from there out i mean you couldn't go anywhere well thankfully when we moved out there my dad had taken a couple of our horses and uh, we'd had them we sold them he went and borrowed them back we went out the next morning and i loved the horses out of 20 hunters we were you know i was one of 20 hunters and Nobody else had horses. They were the same thing. They were sitting on the side of the road looking at all the elk, you know, where nobody could get to them. And we rode horseback. I shot a, it had so, it just so happened. We came in this little clearing, opening up, and uh, there was a three by four, ran out there, you know, in front of us in the timber, stopped about 80 yards. I hopped off and shot him. And, you know, there I was, uh, sophomore in high school. And, I'd shot my first big game animal, which is elk. I was like, well, I can't get any better than this. No, I don't think it does. <laughs> no. You know, and when I look back at those pictures, you know, I mean, I got pictures of, of uh, me standing next to that elk and the snow up to the bottom of the horse's belly. And I uh, just like, wow, you know, what a story. And, and that, when I look back and of course that was the, that was the, be- that was only horseback hunt I've truly ever got to do on elk. But I was like, wow, what a, what a horseback story to have. What a contrast, right? I mean, from when you look back, you know, from now to then. And uh, I mean, that just sounds, it sounds like anybody's dream childhood, you know, being able to hunt and fish and, you know. Oh, yeah. That just, that's amazing, man. I mean, it just doesn't, I don't think it happens like that anymore. <laughs> no. I mean, that's what, you know, I, I, back in that time, you know, while we lived in Oklahoma, I mean, like I said, we'd go, my brother and I, would go uh, possum hunting, raccoon hunting at night. We had some, you know, we didn't have uh, what you'd call hounds, but the cow dogs were actually usually pretty good uh, coon dogs. And, you know, here I am, you know, anywhere from, well, of course, my brother was four years older, so he would have been 11 to 15. And, uh, you know, I'm anywhere from seven to nine. And during that time, my parents, you know, hey, as long as y'all check in and, you know, Back at that time, a possum, my dad would bring home possums, roadkill possums. You hate to even think about it now, but he'd bring home roadkill possums. You know, somebody hit on the highway, well, it was $2. That's going to buy four boxes of 22 shells. And, uh, of course, I can still remember how cold those things were during the winter also when you're trying to uh, skin a dead possum. And, uh, you know, at a time when, yeah, you just had to free run of the land. I mean, uh, my bicycle with my bicycle and a fishing pole or my 22, the the world was mine. Uh, you imagine a kid running around with a 22 nowadays oh, yeah. on his bicycle. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you can't even, you can't even imagine that. And that's what I tell, you know, I've told my son, I was like, you know, I grew up in a whole different world uh, to where, you know, I still had, when I, you know, back then my dad had uh the gun rack in the back in the back window of the truck had guns in it. No, I didn't think a thing about it. I mean, you just the norm because we used them all the time. Yeah, I mean, shoot coyotes or whatever need to be done. But yeah, it was just a you know it was a whole different world. I, that's why I say when I look back, it's like wow, the childhood. And, and that, uh, that has to uh, 
I mean, that has to say a lot, right? To live, to live like that, and then to look at it now. And and you said it right, because I almost said it. You said a gun rack in the window with guns actually in it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. What a different, what a different time, man. Imagine, you know, if you had, if you had some of that technology we have now, where you were able to record that stuff and and take that look back, you know, just outside of the uh, the mental part of it, man, that would be phenomenal. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what, you know, to, to see the changes that have uh, happened over that lifetime. You know, like I said, now, now if you, if your son went anywhere with a 22, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're going to answer to a whole lot of law enforcement and other people about, you know, what's going on. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's what I always say. I had the, I had the perfect childhood, you know, at the time I'm like every other kid. Oh, I hated this, hated that. But, it's one of those things when you get away from it, you realize how good you really had it. You know, and uh, when we, uh, middle of my sophomore year, my dad's work, he had to be closer to Albuquerque. Uh, that's where most of his work was at. So we moved to uh, Albuquerque, middle of my sophomore year. And, uh, yeah, of course, then I was in a big metro area. Didn't get to just walk out, go do stuff, but we still kept that our house up at uh, Chama for a, uh, basically a cabin. So we'd go up there a lot of weekends. Uh, I'd go mule deer hunting, uh, you know, go up there, we'd go fishing, you know, trout fishing. And when I was a uh, senior in high school, I got drawn uh, for a uh, uh, Persian Ibex. They're, uh, at that time, they were located in southwestern New Mexico. Uh, the Shaw of Iran had given them to the U.S., you know, back, I think, early 1970s. And they had just flourished. You know, of course, then they, they went to other areas, you know, Texas uh, ranches brought them in, had them there and everything. But these were the free-ranging. And uh, it was just, that was one of the most, spac- you know, again, that's just a spectacular hunt. The memories, you know, my dad, you know, at the time, I, it was January of my senior year. And my dad would have been, he would have been 48. And you're like, you know, you always think, well, boy, I'm in so much better shape than my dad, you know, because I'm young, I'm, you know, active and this and Well, you realize how much that that uh, you don't know about life because we went up and down the roughest mountains. And uh, I mean, because these things live on cliffs. I mean, they're just unbelievable country. And my, my tag was for uh, what they considered a young Billy or a nanny had to have 15 inch or less horns. And as luck would have it, I mean, we saw billies, just the, you know, the monster billies. I could have shot one anywhere. And, uh, but I did, uh, the third day of our hunt, I shot a uh, shot one, uh, with a 240 Weatherby that I borrowed from my uncle. And, uh, you know, I shot him. We packed him down. I've got pictures of him, you know, at that time, uh, I think I've got, and I posted one on my Instagram here oh, a few months back, but, uh, you know, we didn't have packs, uh, you know, picture of me with down jacket on stocking cap and we gutted it, tied the, uh, hind legs together in the front legs. And I stuck my arms through those and just put him on my back and hiked down the mountain. Uh, I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was as good of a, good of a younger years if I could, as I could ask for Sounds like it, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I always tell people. Like, yeah, you don't realize how good you had it at the time. 
I mean, that just sounds amazing. So just a tangent real quick. So then versus now, right, with all the technology and camo and everything else we have, how how is that how how do you see that affecting what we're doing now do you think it makes it a little bit easier um or is it just an advancement maybe you know did we really need it right i mean it's well, like you guys were out there just getting it done well you know and that's at that time i mean there, there was you know all you had was the uh the woodland camel you know and that really wasn't that prevalent i mean uh i look back and think man it's a much simpler time i mean you're in your blue jeans, solid coach. Of course, I, I, I'm dead set against blue jeans anymore. I mean, uh, coldest things there are when you're out hunting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – and all credit to the uh, marketing of uh, the newer technology, the, you know, the camo, the gear, the our, our equipment. I you know, always look back and think, man, it's a much simpler time. You didn't have to worry, okay, is my pattern going to blend into this? Uh, have I got the right rifle for a, you know, 400 yard shot, you know, uh, I mean, what sort of pack am I going to take on this hunt? <laughs> you know, How much money am I going to spend this year? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, a lot of, I mean, it's like anything, there is so much technology that's helped so many things, but there again, uh, it, it's become, uh, for the common guy who thinks, man, I've got to buy this. I, you know, uh, they tell me on the TV show, man, you got to have this to be successful. And uh, you look back and you think, well, you know, actually I didn't have to have this or that, you know, uh, but I mean, I'm like everybody else. There's a lot of this stuff, the newer stuff that, yeah, I was like, boy, it does make life easier. I mean, I, so I'm a, I'm a gear junkie. I'm not going to BS it. I'm not going to say I don't like it. I'm not going to say I don't need it. Right. I, I have a reliance on it to a, to a point I, I get the cotton and the blue jeans and all that, right? It's miserable. The stuff gets wet, but you get out there and, and you know, especially with the tech camo, um, man, it just makes life so much nicer when you're out there and you're oh, suffering, right? Um, but there's a lot. I mean, we rely on this stuff, and I don't know that we really need to rely on it outside of a want. I mean, is it really a need to, you know, not just with the camo, but some of the money that, I look at, I've been really scrutinizing myself lately, man, as I do these episodes and we, you know, talk about gear and whatnot. And I go, man, I, I got a problem. <laughs> I got a real problem oh, yeah. with this, you know? Oh, and that's, I, yeah, you know, I'm the same way. That's like, you know, I'll tell you, I'm a pack junkie, you know, <laughs> back, backpacks, uh, uh, you know, oh, this one, this one will do this just a little bit better, do that a little bit better. And I think back when, when I first got my pack frame, I would get a rucksack, stuff everything in it, strap it to that ruck, to that uh, pack frame, and I'm gone. And uh, I think, you know, man, you know, now you're like, okay, what sort of a load am I going to be carrying? You know, am I going to need this, that? I mean, it's just like, you know, it was much simpler when you didn't worry about those things. But, yeah, like we said, man, it's – and I'm, I'm as bad as anybody else. Oh, man, that, that looks so cool. You know, or this will help me so much more doing – this or that right it's crazy man you know i need 20, oh yeah i need 3200 cubic inches and not uh and <laughs> yeah, not yeah. 2840 or something it's it's insane it's nuts. oh yeah yeah at uh, 500 600 a pop oh yeah yeah okay so you know if you're gonna buy any sort of I mean, and that's the thing how much money do you want to spend and that's and yeah, we'll get into that later too but uh it's like you know the, the guy that's getting into this 
it's like, you know, when he's, when he, when he says, okay, I've got to have this and this and this, you know, I don't have that sort of money in my budget, you know, and now it's like a lot of other things. I think it hurts, hurts some people getting into it, but it's, yeah, it's like, but I'm like, just like we said, I, I love the, I love to tinker with all this different gear. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just like a kid in a candy store. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not to say that, you know, like we said, it, it makes life easier, right? You get the right pack, man. And, and those heavy pack outs, uh, just, oh, they yeah. just don't seem like as much work, right? You don't have that, that killing pain in your shoulder or some riding on your hips wrong. So the technology is definitely a good thing. It just, you know, I think we go nuts yeah. with it. And you said it, man, the marketing part of it is, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to defeat that mentally. <laughs> I know. Oh, I got, yeah. Like I said, I got a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's like, you know, I'll buy this and, and then I look back, you know, six years and well, it's been used one time and I was like, well, I don't think I really needed that. Uh, but it does look neat. I mean, I, I love it. I love all the technology. I, I'm, I'm a techie junkie on all this stuff too. Yeah. yeah, it's just fun too, man. It it feeds oh, that, yeah. that addiction, you know. But yeah, it's just funny to hear. You know, you're out there, you're out there with a forty nine cent box of shells um, on a bicycle and getting it done, right? Oh yeah, I'm just yeah. you know, yeah. Now Come we gotta home. we, we got to plan it out, map it out, and uh, I don't know, fifty bucks for a, a box of shells now. Oh yeah. You know, I look at the price of shells, you know, for a box of 20 shells. I was like, you know, and we wonder why kids aren't squirrel hunting as much as they used to. It's like, man, I couldn't afford to go out and, uh, you know, buy a brick of 22 shells uh, as a kid. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, along with everything else. Yeah. And then, well, that, yeah, you totally just brought something up, you know, something else up. Um, The exposure to it, right? I mean, there's just not, unless, unless that kid is in a family that hunts or spending a lot of time outdoors. They just don't have the exposure to it. It's not something that we see urban centers have blown up and uh, yeah, just, just getting them out there is odd to them. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, you know, you, the rural, you know, the, the rural kids, even, even them have so many different things pulling, pulling this direction, that direction. Uh, it's really tough for a kid to get out there, you know, because, Hey, I've got to have dad, somebody take me out here so I can do this and then stick around. You know, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's a tough way to get, you know, the kids just don't have that exposure ability anymore. So, uh, how did your 2018 season look, man? Uh, uh, uh it was pretty slim. You know, from I know from part of my aspect, I uh, I got drawn for uh, been putting in for Oklahoma our special hunts. You know, for thirty five years, and gotten drawn for a few, nothing good. Well, last year, my brother and I got drawn for a uh, a whitetail hunt out in the Panhandle of Oklahoma, and it's as it's as desolate as a country, uh, flat. Uh, you know. It was a muzzleloader hunt for white, well, whitetail or mule deer. The area we got drawn for, there was both mule deer and whitetail. <clears throat> well, we didn't know that much about the area. I got out there a day before, about two days before, and uh, to scout that day before. And there was only, I believe, uh, for the area, I think there was 10. 
you know, there was 10 muzzleloader hunters. So myself and my brother and the area was 17,000 acres. So we had plenty of room to roam. Well, I got, I was scouting that Friday before in the area. I told the, the, uh, biologist, you know, I'll hunt this area. I couldn't believe the bucks I saw. You know, I was spotting, using my spotting scope, glassing. And, uh, you know, I was just like, you know, and my brother couldn't get there until basically the night, the night before the hunt, he was going to be going in blind, you know, into his area. But, uh, I mean, the bucks I saw, I was just like, this is, as, this is as good as an area as I could have dreamed for a, a public land hunt. But, they do really keep it managed. You know, they don't have that high of numbers on there. And of course, as luck would have it, it was really warm. It was uh, windy. And this area has, there was no really trees to, you know, the, the typical whitetail hunter, uh, you know, as far as you think of, well, they're going to hunt in a tree stand. This didn't have tree stands for tree hunting. I mean, this was, this is basically prairie country, which is what a lot of, I, a lot of land I hunt is uh, prairie grass. So I pretty much fell into what I do. You know, it's a lot of spotting, stalking. Uh, of course, the problem with stalking and that, the grass was so dry that, uh, you know, the first day I had a buck uh, come in from exactly where he shouldn't have come. I didn't think he would come and uh, had me pegged. You know, couldn't get a shot. And it's only a two-day hunt. So, you know, you don't have a lot of choices. <clears throat> I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to be that picky. But, uh the second morning, Sunday morning, I had uh, sat there till about 11, 11.30 and hadn't seen anything moving, you know, and you're able to glass. I mean, some of these areas I was glassing was, you know, mile and a half away. And uh, as I was going to walk back to the truck, there was one little grassy area that had some brush, you know, what we call a draw, just, uh, you know, a ditch area with, it was growing up really heavy and I thought, well, it's a perfect, perfect area for a buck to bed. And I thought I'm going to go walk that out. Well, I snuck in there as luck would have it. You know, I buck jumped up. He knew he heard something, but he couldn't win me. Wind was with me. And he ran out there about 60 yards and stood looking around and, uh, shot him on muzzleloader. And, uh, he was a, he was a nice 10 point, uh, you know, really, he for a public land hunt, he was a really good buck. Uh, you know, mature buck. He field dressed. You know, here, yeah, he field dressed 187 pounds, which is a, you know, yeah, good heavy buck. And and of course, when we talked, you know, the biologist came, pulled the jaw, you know, checked him over, and he had told us that yeah, they're, you know, they they had had one, one buck that came off there the year before. Uh, there's a scored 185. I mean, so they've got some, they got some big bucks and that was, you know, I got involved with my daughter, you know, the, that's the only hunt I could really per se. I did, I did some bow hunting late in the season, uh, after all our rifle seasons were over and everything. Cause I was trying to help my daughter rifle hunt here. So it overall scheme of things, you know, my side of the hunt was, uh, wasn't too good. You know, I was happy. I got that buck. I was proud of that buck. But the, uh, you know, the, my main focus all last fall was helping my daughter on her first deer hunt. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you, if we want to talk about that now, or if you want to. Yeah, let's go ahead, man. Jump into, jump into, uh, those, those adventures. You know, my, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I've got, uh, I've got twin, I've got twin children. Uh, we had triplets. We lost one son, uh, early and, uh, our twins now are 23 years old. And, um, uh, just to, just to tell you how much of a, uh, hunting, uh, hunting impact, uh, I've had, uh, my, the son we lost, his name was Hunter Colt and my other son was Thor Remington. So they both got the, they got the, our daughter's name is Kenzie. And I tried to uh, talk my wife into letting, letting her name, letting me name her middle name, Kimber. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't win that one. I got the, I got the, the firearm manufacturers and middle names. But yeah. Couldn't pull that off. But, uh, my, my daughter has cerebral palsy. She's had, uh, uh, she was born with cerebral palsy. She's been confined to a wheelchair all her life. Uh, she is the, the, she's, her middle name should be go. She loves doing anything and everything. Uh, I had asked her last summer, I said, would you like to go hunting this fall? You know, do you like to go deer hunting with that? And I mean, yes. I mean, there was no, there was no, you know, hesitation, anything. And, and the first word she said after that was, yes, says, can I help fill the freezer? Cause she'd heard me say that for years. And man, you talk about making you proud. I mean, that was, she wanted, that was the big thing. And well, as luck would have it, uh, we got involved. There was a foundation we found out about that they provide hunts for, uh, for children with life-threatening illnesses or long-term illnesses. Well, they were going to give, they were going to let her do her dream hunt, whatever she wanted to hunt, hunting or fishing. And I went through everything she could hunt with them. I mean, basically whatever her dream was, they're going to do it. And she finally decided she wanted to do a mule deer hunt. And, uh, it was late in the summer. And I told my wife, I didn't ever say anything to my daughter cause I knew she'd be kind of disappointed, but I told her, I said, I don't think they'll be able to pull it off. You know, trying to find a guide, everything out for, you know, doing something out West. I said, I think it's going to be a hard, hard one to pull off in, in this short time frame. But I said, you know, no matter what her and I will, uh, will go hunting, you know, we'll, we'll do our rifle hunt. Well, the, uh, as luck would have it, they contacted us. They couldn't pull off the uh, mule deer hunt, but they had a child that ended up being sick that wasn't going to be able to make a whitetail hunt in, in Illinois. And it would be a crossbow hunt. And uh, could we be up there the week of Thanksgiving? Well, my you know, my kids' birthdays or, you know, long, uh, everything goes on right there around Thanksgiving. I had to negotiate with my daughter and my wife. And uh, we said, well, okay, we'll be up there. We'll get up there the Monday before Thanksgiving and we'll hunt through Wednesday. Well, you know, we got up there and it was a crossbow hunt. They uh, had to cross both sides of the end. Basically, what she was going to do, they've got a, oh, they call it a sippy straw. It's, uh, it mounts to a trigger guard on either. If you've got a trigger guard, this mounts to it on a rifle, crossbow, shotgun. It uh, mounts to it, has a bar right in front of the trigger. It has an electrical attachment, goes down to a six-volt battery, and then it goes to a, basically, I've got a little box that I'm holding. It's got a safety toggle switch on it. It's got a like a rubber tube coming off on it. When she sucks on that tube, you know, in her mouth, that transfers that to an electronic signal, which pulls that trigger. So she fires the gun by sucking on that straw. And uh, we hunted, you know, 
hunted for three days hard. You know, uh, either sex tag, you know, any other time wouldn't have been that much of a problem, but uh, we would wheel her out there. You know, they had a track chair, one of those tracked wheelchairs that you know, we'd get her out in the field, put her in. They had some blinds made. Uh, the last 20 minutes of the last evening, I mean, it was it was just like a lot of hunts. You're down to the wire. And here comes some does. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like, and when, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's for me to be there with her, you know, for her first year was, uh, you know, a feeling I can't even, can't even describe. Uh, I mean, because, you know, the, the whole atmosphere of everything, you know, knowing how hard we had hunted, you know, getting her up at four o'clock in the morning, getting out there hunting, hunting till dark. I mean, it was, it was just, it was a regular hunt. And these does came out in the corner of that little field. And when, when it was time, hey, you know, there's a guy that's aiming the crossbow. And when he says he's on target, you know, okay, I've got a on target, you know, it's, you know, when I told her and we had practiced on this and, and I, you know, took it off safety and I put the rubber tube in her mouth. I said, okay, now suck. I mean, and well, well, before we got right to that, I mean, she was just like, she was just like any other person you've seen in buck fever. Exactly. Breathing so much. <laughs> and I said, calm down. <laughs> oh, and she was, and I just said, just don't just breathe. And well, you know, got her past that. And, and, uh, I put that tooth in her mouth. I said, okay, blow. And she was sucking as hard as she could. She was just like, I was like, no, no, blow, blow, blow. <laughs> I mean, she was just sucking over and over and over trying to get the fire. And, uh, she finally blew. I mean, hit that doe right on, you know, ran out there, ran, ran into the timber. Uh, and they went while well, I was helped getting her out of the box, out of the blind and everything and into the track chair, getting over there. And they said, she's down, you know, they went over and found her off the edge of the timber. And, you know, you talk about, uh, you talk about excited. I mean, uh, the, the, it's just hard to even describe. I mean, and, and emotions I had, you know, for, I tell people, you know, and that, uh, for, you know, if you can put somebody, put yourself in their shoes for 23 years, she hasn't been able to contribute to the family. You know, it doesn't feel like she's contributed to the family, the physical needs, anything like that. And I said for her to all of a sudden be able to know that she's provided food for the family. I mean, she was, and that's a, you know, it was just, I mean, it was tough for me. I mean, you know, emotionally, it was hard for me just to, you know, but uh, we drove home Thanksgiving, got home, uh, uh, I mean, basically Thanksgiving night. Our Thanksgiving was at a restaurant on the way back from uh, uh, Illinois. But the, and they, they had a processor process that deer overnight. I mean, the next morning, Thanksgiving morning, it's flash frozen. It's there. We loaded up with us to go home. And, uh, so when we got home, the first thing on that Friday, she says, can we have some of my deer meat? And we're like, you bet. And, uh, we made spaghetti and, you know, she was tickled to death. Well, that, it just so happened that was, uh, our rifle season was going on. And I had, uh, I had seen these bucks, you know, been watching them for the fall I had, you know, we basically hunted. I've got 80 acres here. Uh, where we live and uh, two really nice bucks. I mean, you know, 
that uh, as good as bucks as I could typically hope to see around here. You know, they're right in the they're right in the one thirty five to one forty class. You know, uh, which I've never I've never even had a buck scored in my life. But I was like, as good as those are, you know, if they'll just stick around. And uh, well, uh, as the season got there, uh, just like anything else, they kept on showing up less and less. And uh, when I said, okay, let's, you know, we started hunting, I'd set up, I set up two different blinds, ground blinds uh, for us to use. We would hunt, you know, we hunted typically every other day. You know, I, I didn't want to burn her out. I didn't want to force her to say, hey, we got to go tonight. You know, when she, you know, because being in a wheelchair, you know, there's things she has to, uh, she gets sore, uh, things like that. So I don't want to, I don't want to push her stress or things like that, but we'd typically go every other day morning and afternoon and uh, the days we wouldn't hunt i would see one of those two bucks i mean it was without without fail one of those two bucks were uh in the area and i was like are you kidding me and uh and my wife you know i told my wife it's like why don't you go hunt this evening since she's not gonna hunt she goes no i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna kill a deer before kenzie does i was like and she goes why don't you i was like no i'm not either i was like you know this is this is her hunt. I'm not uh, about to do anything to mess it up. Well, we, uh, we hunted, we'd have, you know, we had a couple does here and there come through and, uh, I'd ask her, I said, you know, do you want to shoot a doe? She's just like all of us, you know, for her first, you know, for first hunt there at, here at the house, she's like, well, I'd like to shoot a buck. And I was like, well, I don't blame you. You know, we'll, we'll wait towards the end. You know, it's either sex. She could shoot one towards the end and, like I said, we hunted every other day. It came down to the our last weekend, and as a Saturday Saturday evening, and she said, "This is it. You know, I'm done. This is going to be my last time." I was like, "Okay, you know, this is we'll uh, we'll hunt this evening, and uh, just see what happens." Well, the uh, we set up, and there's some does came out there feeding in front of us, and I saw this small eight point coming with a with a doe. And, uh, the, the video I've got, you know, you can hear her when, uh, when I tell her, I say, Kenzie, there's a buck coming. I mean, immediately you hear her start breathing and, uh, <laughs> I, I have to tell her, calm down, you know, go through the whole process again. Cause on that, I helped her hand over hand, you know, and we practiced during the fall shooting the rifle, you know, so she'd get used to the, the sound of it, the recoil and everything. And so I told her, I was like, you know, well, I'm going to help you through it. Don't worry about it. And, uh, finally got her calmed down. She was good with everything and shot and we hit him right. I mean, just right. Perfectly. He ran, he made a big half circle. When you watch the video, you'll see some brush shaking on the left hand side of the screen where he made a big half circle, fell right there. Uh, I didn't know at the time cause I was, I was busy congratulating her cause I knew the shot was good. And, uh, I went down there, you know, Looked for blood, saw the saw the blood, saw the blood trail, trailed him over there, and uh, she was she was beyond or beyond excited. I mean, it was just when you watch the video, it's just like that. Uh, uh, that's what it's all about. I mean, that uh, to be able to see her reaction, and I, t- I tell people, I was like, you know, that's the sort of reaction we all started out with. You know, our first hunt. I still do um, it. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I, you know, and I, I make I make fun of her doing her her buck fever, but man, I still do the same thing. You know, 
if I see that buck coming and, and I've got to wait a long time, it's like, oh man, okay, I got to tell myself, okay, calm down, calm down. Yeah, but, I get uh, jacked up, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and 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 if you don't, I mean, that's when you need to look back. You know, hey, why am why I'm out here? I mean, we all should still be excited because that's that's part of it. I mean, that's uh, that's why we all enjoy getting out, just the whole exposure and, and the whole aspect of everything. And I went after after uh, after she finished that. I did go bow hunting. You know, through the uh, uh, in December, our bow hunting was still going on, but did you know th- there was basically we had three deer in the freezer. Uh, we donate some deer, but I didn't. I didn't have any. I didn't have any good uh, doe shots that you know. I wanted that, like anything, when you're trying to hunt a doe, all you got is bucks coming by. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, my success, my season with with the two deer that she was able to kill uh, was just yeah. I said those were two of the best hunts I've ever been on. Uh, I mean, when you were telling me, sorry about that. When you're telling me that. Um, that has to not replace some of those childhood memories, but, you know, kind of maybe take the place of some of those child memories. Right. I mean, childhood memories, excuse me. Um, oh yeah. Just being out there with her and, you know, watching her fulfill that, that desire to uh, get out there and do that, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. Almost bring you to your knees. I imagine. Oh yeah. Oh, I tell you, and I, every time I watch that video, you know, I'll, I'll watch every couple of weeks. And every time I watch it, man, it, it, it pulls at me pretty darn good. You know, and it, I've got somewhere I had a, I had an old phone that, uh, was, uh, you know, it, it didn't have a good camera, nothing good on it all, but it had audio. So I set it up in the ground blind. I never told her about it because I didn't want her to, you know, know that I was, or was uh, recording our conversation. But there's one time, you know, while we we're doing the hunt, and uh, I mean, she'd tell me over and over, this is so much fun. You know, I'm dad, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad we're doing this dad. But this one time she said, I always, you know, when you and, and she calls her, her brother Bubba, you know, she said, when, when you and Bubba were hunting, when I was young, I always wondered when was my time. And she said, and now my time is here. And I was like, man, you talk about getting to a, talk about getting to a dad. You know, that was, I was like, yeah, you're right. Your time is here. And, um, uh, so yeah, that 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 2018 uh, from that aspect of it was you know just a spectacular season. Yeah, that that will replace laying down or filling, you know, ten tags uh, yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. To see uh, you know and to know to know her story on what all she's she's gone through over her life. I mean, you know, more surgeries than. Uh, you know, any person should ever have to go through. I mean, she's, she's had, you know, her hips worked on, you know, her, she's had hip, multiple hip surgeries. She's got rods in her back from her, you know, from her hips to her neck. They've cut nerves in her spine. Uh, you know, as a, as a person that you think, well, this is a person that uh, has every right to be mad at the world. She's the happiest, happiest person there is. You know, she, uh, she will, she will help you to grow as a person just from being around her. You know, that's, and I'm not sure what it is, man, but that's a common theme, right? I mean, you've listened to the episodes and I've talked to Tate Hale. I've talked to Sydney Smith. Um, I talked to the, the disabled outdoorsman guys. And that's a common theme. Um, when you look at 
dip adaptive hunters, um, for us, you know, and I, I don't like using the terms able body and disabled and stuff after being exposed to those gentlemen and Kenzie. Um, but the common theme w- for us, we feel sorry for ourselves over BS. And then you look at their situation and they're just go, right? I mean, everything yeah. is positive and it's just go all the time. And, and, and I, and I've said it before, but we all can stand to take so much away from that. I mean, with, with Kenzie, yeah, I mean, she's marathons, skiing, oh, yeah. right? I mean, there, oh. there's just all this stuff that she's doing with a smile, right? And and like you said, she can she can be you know PO'd at the world, you know because oh, yeah. of it. And they just they just have the the greatest outlook, man. We all stand to learn so much from that. Oh yeah, you know, and and, and I'll be the first one to tell you, and I'll, I'll tell you till my last breath that she has made me, you know, because people are like, oh man, you're you're such an awesome person, you know, you do this. And that. I was like, no, I said, I'm I'm. Uh, you know, I, I made the choice, the conscious choice to do this for my daughter, you know, I, and, and people who, and, and I know other parents that, uh, with disabled children, man, I can't blame anybody for, you know, not doing this, not doing that because everybody's situation is different. I mean, every, uh, but you know, I told, I tell people, it's like Kenzie who's the, is the one who made me a better person. I mean, her, with her personality, her outlook, uh, you can't help, but, uh, you know, try to overachieve to help her reach her dreams. Yeah. Like you talked about the, uh, the, the things she, she loves doing. I mean, snow skiing. I mean, she's, we take her snow skiing every uh, March, go out to Colorado and they've got adaptive skiing program. And, you know, and when you watch those videos, people are like, well, how's she do it? And then they, they see those videos. It's like, Oh my gosh, she's going fast. I was like, yeah. <laughs> she's Oh moving. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what, I, and I told the first time we went out there, we told the, the first instructor said, Kenzie, like any kid, she likes to go fast. He goes, man, that's, that's all I need to know. And they came down there and I was like, Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and she was laughing the whole time. You could see her face. She, and she told us, that, you know, as soon as that first time we did that, I think nine years ago, she said, when can I come back? I mean, and she just absolutely loves that. And she, she does these marathons. Uh, there's a group called Ainsley's Angels that they've got running strollers. You know, if she wants to run whatever race it is, you know, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, you know, they've got volunteer runners. And it's it's kind of like, you know, same thing in the hunting world where, you know, you and I get to that point, well, we want to do something to help somebody else experience it, you know, hunting from, a, you know, kind of like a, a mentor. Well, these runners, they've been running all their lives. They want to, they reach that point. I want to do something besides just running. Well, there's these adults or kids that, uh, they, to, to see them that first few times with that wind in their face where they're in that running, running chair. And I mean, you talk about lighting up and, uh, Kenzie, we can't, you know, if there's a race, she's like, you know, I want to go. And, uh, She's done marathons. She's done half marathons. And, and you think about sitting in a chair there. She did a marathon last November, the, the Saturday, the Sunday before the Sunday, the, before we left the next that night for Illinois, she said, she's in that chair for six and a half hours. And uh, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, you talk about dedication. Uh, but yeah, we've taken a whitewater rafting, you know, I, I'll hold her in the middle of a, in a, uh, 
raft, you know, when we got a guided deal and uh, we've got a little chair, you know, basically, you know, the chair that she sits right in front of me. Uh, trying to think what else. I mean, she rides a horse once a week. Yeah, I mean, she just, she just, uh, she's a person that's just absolutely full of life. You can't help but, uh, you know, uh, respect everything she, she, she wants to do and accomplish. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the respect part of it, but be inspired, right? I mean, again, back to how we look at things and look down on things in ourselves. Um, yeah, man, it's just something, it's just something different about that. Just something different about it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and this will lead later, you know, if we talk about our, what's coming up, but, uh, you know, she's, she was all into that hunting, you know, I'll talk about when we're here a little bit later, when we talk about our 2019 hunts and, you know, it's like, she's all in, she's like, you know, I want to go again. Yeah. I was going to, we, we talk about it right now. Cause I was going to ask you, man, what, uh, what is she pulling on you for, for, uh, 2019? You know, the, uh, the foundation that, you know, it, uh, it's called the Outdoor Pursuits Dream Foundation. They're, uh, you know, that's what they told us last fall. You know, hey, she's going to go on this whitetail hunt, but she's still going. You know, her dream trip is is uh, mule deer. So uh, we've, I've got the tag or, well, haven't received it yet. You know, paid for the, uh, the sure tag in Wyoming. Uh, she's going to be going on a Wyoming mule deer hunt. And there's a foundation. There's a foundation there. <clears throat> it's an exact, just like what we've been talking about. These, these, uh, these guys, mule deer hunters. That's all they've done all their life. They love mule deer. Well, they uh, they took, you know, they talked to them. The uh, foundation talked to them about you know taking these kids, and they took some last year on antelope and mule deer, and they said, "Bring every kid you want to. We this is what we want to do." I mean, these guys that they had, they had such a blast taking these kids on these sort of hunts to see the expression, the joy, you know, something they couldn't do that. Uh, so yeah, they, we will show up there the, uh, middle of October and it, it, uh, she's, you know, I, I, I try not to give her too much detail cause she'll say, okay, now dad, is it getting close? You know, when are we going? When do we, you know, and I could see yeah, it's best one of those things. I'll just not try to say too much about it. And, uh, the other thing she doesn't know about yet, because again, I didn't want to, I don't want to get her, you know, uh, she'll be bugging, she'll be bugging me to death. <laughs> That's what it is right there. It's not about her. getting. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, she will just be bugging me every day. But, uh, a friend that I'd met that, uh, you know, uh, fellow here in Oklahoma, Southwest Oklahoma. And I'd met, I'd met him as one of those things I met through, uh, social media, Kurt short that, uh, you know, before we knew anything about each other's situation, we started following each other, you know, talking everything. And well, after the deer hunt last fall, my rifle hunt, that I took Kenzie on, he uh, contacted me, said, Hey, there's a group of people who wants to take Kenzie on an elk hunt here in Southwest Oklahoma. We've got a, they've got a, uh, they've had a herd. It's been, you know, been there for, yeah, you know, it was original herd. It's been in uh, Wichita mountains and, uh, they're highly managed there. It's on the Wichita mountains, national wildlife refuge. Well, over the years, some got out, you know, uh, decades ago. Well, of course they've got them on private land around there now, but he said there's some, there's a private landowner 
different parties. They want her, they want her to come down here and we're going to set it up for her, you know, have the blind, everything and take her on a, on an elk hunt. And I was like, okay, man, I'm, you know, I'll speak for her. She's all going to be, she'll be all for it. Oh yeah. So, uh, she'll, she'll have both those there in the, in the middle part of October beyond, I think the way it's going to work out, we're going to have, uh, the elk hunt have a few, you know, probably about three days and, uh, three or four days and we'll be loading up heading to Wyoming. So yeah, those are, those are her two big, those are, well, and then of course we'll do, uh, do our deer hunt. Uh, there's a, Oh, a disabled foundation here in Oklahoma that, uh, they wanted to come last year on a, uh, on a deer hunt. Well, it actually happened that, uh, when we were doing either the marathon or after she got her buck, didn't do it. You know, I'm going to see if that works out this year where they've got a three day hunt. They've got the same thing. All these guys show up, I'll be there with her and uh, they've got a blind set up and they've got landowners. So, We'll probably try to do that, and uh, so maybe Dad can go hunting on opening opening weekend a rifle. So that's a it's kind of a dream season, man. Especially the wild mule deer. Jeez. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I told her I was like I was like, man, I've never even got to hunt. I've never even got to hunt Wyoming for mule deer. And there's some big ones like, there, man. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. We're all excited. I mean, that's uh, that's a dream deal. You know the the those opportunities have opened up for and uh you know i didn't know it's like anything you don't know exactly how all in they'll be for but yeah she's she's in she's you know like i said word go you know i'm ready you know and it and it all boils down to i still say you know the success she had last year and being able to feel like she's providing something some physical needs to the family you know just means the world to her yeah, that's awesome, man. That uh, <laughs> that's uh, going to be a phenomenal season, man. Wyoming. Oh yeah. The just the just the elk there in in Oklahoma, right? I mean, that, oh, yeah. that's not something that you know. That's so for you or I. That's a once in a lifetime deal if you're lucky. Oh yeah, if you're lucky. I mean, I've been I've been putting in for that uh, for the public draw on that on the refuge for uh, thirty five years. Uh, you know, and it's never never gotten drawn and you know and who knows if i ever will but yeah you know the private lands i the the private land i've never really checked on the private lands around there but uh yeah it, it'll be a once in a lifetime deal i'm sure so you realize right with dad being on an episode she's going to listen so you just told her everything she has coming up so. oh yeah <laughs> yeah i hadn't thought about that, just said that. she knows now buddy oh yeah she's gonna say dad dad <laughs> you didn't tell me why <laughs> that's awesome man that is awesome so what else uh what else is she uh, looking at, man? What do you have coming up with Kenzie? Cowgirl Kenzie, right? That's that's always the the uh, hashtag I like seeing there, man, with her. Yeah, you know, I started that I, last year. I, I, my wife and I, and my my wife's a flight attendant, and uh, that that's that's helped that's helped uh, me with my hunting experiences. Uh, you know, when I can fly for free, that uh, that's opened up a lot of hunting opportunities for me over the years, but. With her, with her work and my work, you know, we sometimes we just pass each other. She's gone for four days, 
comes back. Well, there's a lot of times, you know, during those four days, well, I, I'm taking Kenzie to this, take her that. Well, last year, uh, a little over a year ago, I was taking her to horseback riding to her horse, horse riding and something came up and I called her cowgirl Kenzie. And I thought, well, that sounds like a great hashtag. So that's, uh, there's always hashtag cowgirl Kenzie. And was, yeah, that's just kind of stuck. Yeah. She, she, uh, that, that moniker has worked for her really good. Uh, trying to think what, uh, she loves fishing. You know, that's another thing. And that's kind of what, uh, we got started on, you know, there, there came, there's a point about a year ago that, uh, I thought, you know, all these things that she loves to do, I should be posting more about it to let people know that, you know, Hey, disabled, a person with disabilities loves these sort of things, you know, uh, that if, if you've got the time to help them with it, that, uh, there's so much enjoyment they can get out of it. Well, and, and when I started posting it, I didn't, I didn't really realize, I didn't know how big it was going to be. As soon as I started posting those pictures of her and I fishing, you know, catching bass, uh, I mean, it was just like people just loved it, you know, and the reception was so awesome. And, uh, and, you know, I was just like, wow, I didn't, I didn't expect the, uh, the outpouring of, uh, oh, uh, respect and you know just uh excitement that that would get but uh yeah she loves to bass fish you know and we've been so wet here that uh haven't got to do it much yet because the pond it's it's been muddy around the pond she's uh you know uh, one thing i've learned i don't bring i don't push her chair down through the mud and uh bring it back and let mom see how muddy the wheels are <laughs> It's one of those things I have learned over the years that uh, if I do that, I'm going to spend a lot of time cleaning it up before it gets to come back in the house. And and hearing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cleanup, oh, the cleanup's yeah. not the bad part, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she'll uh, – we usually go on a uh, a rafting trip, you know, uh, sometime during the summer. That uh, And it's not a whitewater. This is just a, a really nice river raft where uh, – you know, take the full day. Uh, yeah, other than the fishing, uh, she's got some camps she goes to this summer. That uh, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be a busy summer with the fishing because usually when the when mom's mom's gone, you know, I'll take her fishing a lot more. You know, of course we do it when mom's here, but uh, it's easy. Like you know, hey, let's go down this evening, let's go bass fishing, and uh, so yeah, that's basically what her her summer will be busy either going to camp or, uh, going fishing. So let's talk about that outdoor experience with her, man, and, and the value and what you both take away from that. Um, I'm not sure. Does she share those, those feelings with you about what it means and, and what she's pulling out of that? <laughs> you know, the, the thing she has said, uh, you know, she's talked to me, she'll, you know, she'll just, you know, she, she'll say how much it means for her and I to be able to do something together. You know, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing she'll say that, you know, she loves that time that her and I are getting to do these things together. Uh, you know, the, that's probably the biggest, biggest aspect she'll share about it. Uh, you know, for me, uh, yeah, like I've said, I mean, uh, 
the outdoor experience that I get to be doing with her, you know, and my son, my son was, uh, you know, it was the same way, you know, got to, he and I, I haven't talked about that, but we, we, we went, you know, deer hunting, turkey hunting, you know, the whole nine yards, took him elk hunting, uh, antlers elk hunting Colorado for years for the youth hunt there. Uh, and it's the same sort of thing, but except now I'm getting experience it all over. You know, you think, okay, your kids are, you know, okay, they're ready to, ready to move out, get out of that nest. Well, now when, now I'm getting to do that mentorship all over again. And, uh, like I said, uh, the impact that I'm getting to see, you know, I've been able to share those videos, share those pictures, you know, different social media groups. Uh, I mean, the response has been overwhelming, you know, uh, guys, women, we have women and guys that, uh, you know, hunting that absolutely loved it. I mean, they're just like, you know, this is the greatest, you know, I've had, I had a lot of comments that this is the greatest thing they'd ever seen on social media, you know, and, and of course, like you and I know, now I had, I had uh, a couple different times where, you know, anti-hunters got a hold of it and, uh, you know, and it's hard to imagine you know, from that aspect of it, that anybody would have a problem with it. But no, those people are out there. Uh, they they can't see any value in it whatsoever. Yeah, you're wrong for forcing her, as they would say. Oh yeah, you're teaching. You know what sort of what sort of what are you doing teaching handicapped person to go kill an animal? Yeah, they can't see they can't see anything other than that, and. and and I hate, you know, I hate to have this sort of attitude because, you know, yeah, we, we need to help uh, change those. But there's those that situation. I'm, I'm not going to argue with them. So it's like, no, you know, you're you're not worth a You know, if you're that set in your mindset no, I, I can't reason with you. Yeah, it's not even not even worth it. And you almost feel like it, it well, not devalues it, but uh, yet belittles that situation. Right. Like she's, she's wanting to do these things. I'm not forcing her to do these things. You know, it's exactly, that's a, that's a deep, dark, (laughs) a deep, dark rabbit hole, man. I just, I'll never understand that. Right. And you can, like you said, you can sit there and explain to them it's the time and explain the values in it and providing for the family. And it's still, you know, brick wall. Oh yeah. It's lost. I mean, it's it. They're nothing. They're not. Uh, they're not going to change their opinion whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say, yeah, just the experience. I mean, it's just. Uh, it was uh, emotionally. I mean, just uh, those experiences of her. Like I said, man, I've got to do some awesome hunts over my lifetime. But uh, emotionally, that experience that I got to do those two hunts with her last year was just right there at the top of any experience I've done. I mean, it was just, uh, the emotions part of it, being able to, you know, do that with your daughter, something they never, they never even dreamed or, and I never even dreamed, never even thought, well, we'll do this, but it's just a matter of, okay, you know, we'll make this work one way or another. So you kind of brought up something there and I, if, you know, if you don't want to respond to it, I understand what, How do I ask that without being too invasive? Why didn't you do it earlier? I'll just ask it that way. You know, 
the biggest, I, I think it's probably, I didn't have confidence myself. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, when, uh, when you, when, when, when the, uh, trying to think about pulling it off, I mean, because if you can imagine a 120 pound feed sack, uh, that's basically what I'm dealing with with Kinsey. I mean, she doesn't, she can, she can help. And, you know, when you're pulling her up, you know, she can stand up all those things. But when you're taking her from the floor, you're basically pulling 120, you're lifting up 120 pound feed sack. She can't. Uh, so the, you know, I didn't have confidence myself. Okay. Uh, um, getting her from the chair, getting her into the blind, uh, doing all those things. And, uh, you know, it just, I think that was it. It's just a, you know, I just didn't think I, you know, until I finally said, you know, and it's, it's one of those things, you know, if I can't do this for my daughter, you know, uh, if this is something she wants to do, there's a way I'll pull it off. You know, I'm going to make it happen. Cool. I appreciate you answering that, man. I didn't want to get too, you know, just curious. Uh, oh yeah. I, that, I understand. Has to, that has to add to that fulfillment, right? I mean, maybe a little bit of a smack in the butt, but that has to add to the fulfillment um, of actually, you know, as you said, pulling it off. So yeah, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. It's that it, it, to me, it's a spectacular thing that she's out there and wanting to experience it and just getting out and getting after all this. I think it's phenomenal, man. Well, you know, we did uh, something I hadn't talked about when she was uh, 15. Uh, we, we've been going to the Rocky Mountain Elk uh, Foundation Banquet here. I mean, since the kids were, since our kids were three years old. I mean, so we've been 20 years in a row to the to 20 years in a row to our Tulsa chapter. Well, when she was 14, she won a shotgun and uh, there at the banquet and the, uh, the committee members told her, Hey, if she wants to go turkey hunting, we're going to take her turkey hunting. And, uh, because they'd seen her grow up. I mean, they knew her well the next year she couldn't go that year because she had hip surgery next year. Uh, we pulled it off, you know, and that's, it, it's on YouTube. It, uh, we had blinds, you know, blinds set up and everything. And, and, uh, I helped her shoot a turkey, a gobbler coming in. And when you hear her on that, uh, video, I got him, I got him, I got him. She was so excited, you know, <laughs> oh, and that's when, that's when you kind of see how big of a job it is, you know, and I wanted to take, I want to take her turkey hunting again, but it is a, uh, it's a labor trying to, you know, get a chair in position and you basically have to put the blind over her, you know, it's uh, in the right spot. But yeah, that's something that it is on YouTube. And, and I go back and look at that one. And I mean, the excitement, and we had to have turkey that night. When I got home, she wanted to eat turkey that night. And <laughs> so we had turkey that night. We'll have to, uh, yeah, we'll have to get the links to that, uh, to those videos, man, to your YouTube channel, so we could post them when uh, post them in the show notes, so everybody could take a look at them. Okay, yeah, I will. I'll get those to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. So, um, I'm gonna give you a little. I'm gonna give you a little crap, man, because you got a you have a pretty substantial resume, man. Um, when it comes to hunting, so I'm gonna give you a little crap. It's I'm gonna say it's because of the uh, airfare. <laughs> oh, oh, I tell you that. Uh, I won't, I won't deny that helped a whole lot of it. Uh, you know, I'll tell you that I, I've been thankful. My brother, he'll, he'll be listening to this. Well, so I'll give him a shout out. 
you know, my older brother and, uh, our, our buddy, Scott, uh, you know, my brother and I, you know, probably when we got out of, uh, when I, when I finally got out of college, you know, uh, we started hooking up. I mean, we'd already, we were, we were so far apart in the high school, you know, in the school years, we did stuff together. But I would say after I got out of college, you know, we, we, we decided, Hey, we're going to do do it yourself hunts. And it just so happened, you know, I'd lived in New Mexico. Then he moved to New Mexico after he graduated and uh, he's lived in Oregon. He's lived in Colorado. And so he's always been a great base of operations. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been blessed with uh, doing hunts all over. You know, when he's in Colorado, that uh, we I go out there every few years. You know, we I don't ever do I I don't do the over the counter draws in uh, or over the t- counter tags in Colorado. I probably should have over the years, but we've always played the preference points. You know, we'll build up preference points, and uh, you know the uh, he and I have been on some fantastic hunts together you know and it's all we uh it's one of those things yeah you we've had some failures but we've had far more successes as uh you know okay we're gonna go this area we're gonna hunt mule deer we're gonna go here we're gonna hunt elk and uh yeah i've been fortunate i've hunted i've killed elk in new mexico and colorado uh mule deer in nebraska and uh colorado and antelope, Colorado and Wyoming. Uh, of course, whitetail from Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Nebraska. Uh, trying to think, Aldad killed Aldad. We've done some Aldad hunts in Texas on some uh, public land areas. Uh, Brown bear, moose. <laughs> yeah, I yell and. The moose, my moose is a dream hunt. I went on a backpacking moose hunt and, uh, that was, you know, it was an epic adventure. Uh, we took off, there's four of us. We went to, flew into Anchorage, rented a truck, went and did a six day backpacking moose hunt. And, uh, we hiked in just about eight miles and my brother and I, after it's all over, I was probably within 70 yards of probably a legal bull, but I just couldn't determine if it was 50 inches wide, you know, in that area, he had to be 50 inches. And, uh, at the end of it, my brother and I, we weren't that disappointed because the experience was just so awesome. You know, the other two guys, uh, Scott, that buddy of ours and my brother-in-law, uh, you know, they were more disappointed, but we were, we had packed out enough elk in our life. And we told them, said, you can't even imagine what an eight mile hike with a moose, <laughs> with a moose on our backs would be like, but yeah, we got, to, uh, my brother and I and his, his son, uh, we flew to Alaska again and did caribou hunt. And then, uh, the brown bear hunt is one of those dream deals. You always hear, you know, you see these drawing, you see these contests. Yeah, you know, nobody ever wins that. Well, sure enough, somebody does. You know, I want a brown bear hunt. And uh, all I had to do was get to Anchorage and then get from Anchorage back to, you know, my house. And almost everything was covered. You know, I mean, they fly in there. You know, of course, I had to pay for taxidermy, the whole nine yards. But, yeah, I killed a, you know, fantastic brown bear. You know, the, uh, you know, as bad as this may sound, uh, I killed him 
coming up on two years ago this fall, you know, they say he's got, you know, they say he's a Boone and Crockett, but I still have yet to get him measured. Um, you know, and I've, there's a couple of times I've tried, you know, it's when you're trying to find somebody to measure them, you know, some of these good old boys are, Oh yeah, I'll get to that. Well, but, uh, at, if he makes the Boone and Crockett, it's just by, uh, you know, half inch. But, uh, he, I mean, he, even if he didn't, you know, I, I, it's one of those things I could care less. I mean, he was just a, a, a something that you never in your wildest dreams ever imagine you're going to do. And, uh, and when you got a brown bear standing up on his hind legs at 89 yards, uh, you talk about an epic memory. <laughs> I mean, seven, eight feet was, tall. Oh, he, he squared at 10 and a half feet. Huh? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh yeah, and when he's standing up on his hind legs as far as he can, looking right at you because he's winded. You know, he walked across our trail, and uh, I mean, had us pegged, me and the guy. And it's just like, oh my, you know, the guy didn't have to tell me twice. You know, when you got a shot, take it. I mean, it was just like, Ten oh yeah, half yeah. beat man. Oof. Oh, it, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I, was, just, uh, I downplayed that one quite a bit. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That's, and uh, that's no distance either, right? I mean, you figure a, a bear is moving, but a 10-and-a-half-foot bear, man, that uh, that yardage is uh, nothing for them to cover. Oh, yeah, I, in no time. I mean, it's, uh, you know, when, when you're finally there in their territory and you're uh, – you know, you always look at the, you know, you read the magazines, you see some videos, this and that. But when you're there and you're actually seeing what they do in their environment, it's like, man, I mean, this is, this is something else. Like you said, what they, what they could cover that amount of, of uh, 89 yards, a few seconds. I mean, they're on top of you. Shooting don't yeah. miss. So let's talk about the caribou hunt a little bit, man. That's one of the things that, uh, well, within the next two years, man, either, you know, 2020 or 2021 that I'm getting after. So you guys did uh float plane, you know, DIY on that caribou yeah. hunt, huh? Yeah. You know, we, uh, at the time, my brother worked for a company he worked for. They got eight weeks paid sabbatical every eight years. And he was living in Oregon. And he told me, he said, hey. I want to go to caribou hunting in Alaska. You want to go? I was like, well, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, I flew up, I ended up, he was living in Oregon. Him and his son drove to Alaska. You know, you can imagine from Oregon, you know, and I drove back with him to, uh, and I flew out of Oregon, but I met him in Anchorage. We, uh, uh, there at the Anchorage airport, you know, right. Oh, half mile is uh, Lake hood. And at that time, it was, you know, billed as the world's largest water taxi uh, area. And it's, it's just so neat to see all the float planes going off, you know, one after another or coming in land and taking clients out or people just traveling. You know, we hop on this float plane. We're allowed 70 pounds per person, you know, so it's me and my brother and his son at the time he was 16 and it's your own gear. I mean, it's just like, you know, they're going to drop you off and you're there. And we read all the books, you know, how to, how to, you know, how to be safe. You know, we were, there was an awesome book at the time called Hunt Alaska. You know, it's, it's still in print. Uh, great. I, I would recommend that. There's a wealth of information for somebody going to Alaska. Uh, because things we, 
things we heard, understood, you know, most of most of the ones who uh, ever get in trouble, for the most part, are probably the locals because they get a little lax. You know, hey, I'm not going to worry about the food this time or this, that. You know, I'll tell you, whatever that guy said in that book, we took it to heart. I mean, it was, uh, you know, that being said, yeah, it could happen anywhere, anytime. But uh, that float plane dropped us off. I had two tags. My brother had one tag and his son had two tags. And it was like a spot and stock mule deer hunt. We were there before the big migration. Uh, and of course, part of that was the, the float plane guy told us, Hey, well, I'll be back midway, uh, midweek, you know, halfway into your hunt. I'll pick up what meat you got and everything. So I'll see, you, you know, that was on a, that was on a Saturday. I think on Wednesday, he was going to, you know, stop back by Tuesday or Wednesday. And, uh, they dropped us off. We set up our tent. You know, set up our cook area about 150 yards away. And, uh, you know, the year there, I mean, you'd see a, we'd see a float plane in the distance, you know, long ways off. That's it. We saw probably three or four float planes the whole week. I mean, you're, if something happens, you're there until that float plane picks you up. Uh, you know, that was before cell, the uh, satellite phones were, you know, right now I'd be getting, I, I would have a satellite phone just for emergencies, but. Yeah, spot and stock, they drop us off. You can't, you know, you can't hunt the, the day you fly. So we go down there, we're spotting, you know, get on a ridge and wide open country, you know, rolling hills, tundra. And uh, there's a, you know, a, I don't know exactly what you'd call it, you know, creek, swamp area, you know, water. So we're sitting there glassing and we see three grizzlies traveling up through there. And that's when it, that's when it brings, it makes it real right away. <laughs> You're like, you know, and, and, you know, caribou, isn't a, you know, they're not as big as an elk. They're in between a deer and elk size, you know, so it didn't take a, didn't take a big gun. I had a, I had a 300 wind mag. And I think that's probably about what most of, you know, that was probably the common rifle, but if you look at that right away, I didn't bring enough gun. And, uh, that is always in your mind, yeah, especially when you see that first off. And the the weather there, it's it's either the wind's blowing all the time, it's raining, it's doing something. And you go to bed and you know, you look at your watch, it's 10 30, the sun's still up. It's like, oh my gosh, we got to get in bed. And uh, but you're laying in bed, and that one thing that guy said in that book, you know, you lay your rifle next to you and you have your knife, you know, uh uh, you have your rifle there in case that bear's coming through the front. And, uh, you have that knife in case you got to make a hole to get out the back of that tent. And, uh, that wind would blow and it push in on that tent and you're, you know, you'd wake up and you think, man, is that a, is that a bear pushing on the tent? I'll tell you the first couple of nights, it was some, uh, it wasn't real restful sleep. I'll say that. But yeah, we, uh, We'd hunt, and I, I, you know, I got some awesome pictures of that. We had a fox. We were uh, gotten quartering up one of the caribou to haul back to camp, and this tundra fox. I mean, man, he'd get within ten yards of us. It's just like you know, and, and we said it's because he knows we're not the top highest of the food chain there. I mean, it was just like you know, we'd throw him or we'd throw him some meat off the trim and stuff like that. It's just like he was a pet, but you know, he had we might have been the first humans he'd ever seen. Uh, you know, and we all that we 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 filled all five tags. Uh, the the caribou we'd see would be in groups of you know three to seven, 
and you know, see them, stalk them. The uh, one of the caribou that was one of the ones that's closest to camp, I would say it was probably we actually shot it close to camp, probably 800 yards. Uh, cut it up, brought it back, you know, and we had all the meat hanging, you know, what you could call trees. You know, these trees are probably 100 years old, they're only you know, about eight, 10 foot tall. Uh, but we, we hung them there, you know, 200 yards where we could look out the tent, see them out in the open. Well, that one night when, you know, after we got that one, cut it, got all the meat over there, the wolves, you know, it, it's just like you hear in the movies. I mean, the wolves were all around us howling all night long. And, uh, the next morning we walked by that carcass and it's, it's like, it was, you'd think that thing's been laying there for two weeks. I mean, there wasn't a there wasn't a bit of flesh anywhere on it. I mean, they they had cleaned it as good as anything could have cleaned it. And as uh, one of the my biggest caribou that I got, I shot him about two and a half miles from camp. And uh, <clears throat> as we, you know, all three of us went over there, our pack frames, we had to come back to that swampy area. And you're going through timber, uh, not timber, brush. You know, it's all scrub, scrub stuff. And you're, you're hiking through water from calf to knee high and uh, mud. And I always said, you know, I mean, it, you know, that bear could be there and you wouldn't even have time to, to get a shot off. I mean, they'd, they'd be on you so fast. And I always told my brother, we should have signs on our back that says, eat me. Cause I mean, it was just, you're walking through there. There's like nothing I could do. You know, you've got that pack on your back, but you know, thankfully that wasn't, we never had to worry about that, but it was, uh, it was just an awesome experience. Well, long story short on that, uh, float plane guy, he never came by and, uh, which wasn't that big a deal, but you know, we'd like to know that, Hey, somebody came by to check on us. Well, uh, a different guy came and picked us up, you know, on that, uh, Friday, you know, Came over, tipped his wings. We knew it was him. We started getting our stuff and uh, going over the little lake. Well, the the lake was so small that he dropped his stuff on that with our meat, he couldn't uh, couldn't take all of us off. We, we He couldn't take off at one time. So he shuttled each one of us with our meat and our gear, you know, one at a time down to another bigger lake miles away, you know, come back, ferried us all down there. So he had a long run. He could get off that lake. But he said, yeah, the other guy, what was it? The other guy forgot to tell him where the coordinates were. That's why nobody come by and checked on us midweek. I was like, great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had that, that experience was just, just incredible. You know, and it, you know, uh, <clears throat> that's what, uh, you know, these do it yourself hunts, you know, I don't, I don't know what our percentage is successful, but, uh, you know, like that, our, our biggest expense was the, uh, the float plane. You know, tags, tags are really, are pretty reasonable, you know, for what you're doing. And, and you're going to see caribou, you know, especially if you go during the big migration, you know, the, you, you, that was so neat when you're flying over and, you know, when they're flying in, we're flying out, you get up in the air and you see these trails from, from up in the uh, float plane. It's like, man, you'd love to see it when that migration is happening. Cause you can, you can see those across the landscape where they, where they've done that year after year for centuries. And and looking into it, right, I've heard, and I haven't asked the reason or looked for the reason, but why do they not allow you to hunt uh, within 24 hours of the flight? Is that a scouting thing? or? Uh, 
yeah, from, you know, you could have guys that, you know, they fly around. Oh, yeah, I want that animal right there. Yeah, they can use it for scouting and uh, home right in. You know, uh, you know, the tundra planes, you know, the tundra planes with the big tires, they could land on in a lot of different areas. But, yeah, that's just so you can't you can't basically just use that uh, that plane to, you know, find the animal and just land and shoot it right there. Okay, that's what I thought it was. I just wasn't wasn't sure. But that's definitely something, man, that I'm that I'm looking at here in the next couple of years. I have to do it. I mean, the only only thing I keep hearing is I want to do it archery. Um, and I keep hearing good luck. <laughs> it's kind of what what the general consensus is there. But man, that's something that's something that I just I gotta try and, you know, try and do it. I mean, you know, everybody's like, hey, it's barren plain. And it's like, well, I think that's that's part of the challenge, right? That's part of the draw for that is, yeah. you know, being able to get it done with the archer equipment for me. But yeah. Yeah. It, it would, it'd be a tough feat, but yeah, it's like anything. It, it can be done. Uh, it, it'd be a, yeah, it would be a challenge. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's exactly what's drawn me into it. But I think I was, you know, when one of the guys I was talking to and they do the, uh, let me see, I got the thing right here. It's Ram, Ram aviation. And they'd basically do the uh, same thing. They drop you off and see you later. Seven days, you know, they pick you up. And that's what he said. Just yeah. bring your rifle, man. You know, you could hunt, you know, five or six days. And if you're not getting it done, then just, you know, go go ahead and pull out the rifle. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. That'd be that'd be a great way to do it. Like I said, that way you got to back up. A, uh, yeah, you can always, you know, if it's just no chances whatsoever after after five days. Pull out the rifle. And the only thing that unnerves me, man, is uh, walking around with my bow, like you said, with the Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we'll be, uh, what, what's the deal with the sidearms up there? You can carry sidearm, correct? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't I don't really remember what, you, but yeah, you can carry them. I mean, that, uh, that there's no problem, you know, carrying a sidearm on the uh, on archery hunt. Yeah, uh, that would be the only concern, you know. Going up there, I, I shoot. I think even with the rifle hunt, man, I'd have to bring a bring a hefty sidearm. <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> you know on the uh, on the brown bear hunt, they recommend in, uh, no less than a three seventy five caliber. After seeing those brown bears, I can I'll attest to that. I wouldn't want to go back, you know, with a three seventy five. And you know, grizzlies aren't as big, but still, I would want a uh, you know. Yeah, you don't uh, want a follow up shot. <laughs> no, no. You definitely no. don't want a follow-up shot. So, yeah. with uh, you guys were offered a uh, a staff spot, man, with uh, Paramount Outdoors. Why don't you give us some uh, background on Paramount Outdoors and talk about that a little bit? That ties back <clears throat> to McKinsey and and your experiences with Kinsey Outdoors. Yeah, uh, you know when I started posting those uh, fishing pictures last summer, you know I'm on uh, I'm on you know. Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Well, I, you know, I hadn't used Twitter. I had, you know, it's one of those things I'd set up an account. Well, uh, Twitter, you know, in some, each, each social media platform has its advantages, disadvantages. Well, Twitter, Twitter's got some good advantages. Of course, there's a lot of bad ones too, but uh, I started posting those on those, you know, the fishing pictures there first. Well, I tell you, it's like anything. I fell into the right group of people. You know, if you can get into that right social media group, just like any of these platforms, 
you know, I found these guys that were really involved in fishing. They love fishing and, and of course hunting too, but I mean, right away, you know, boom. And they loved it. Hey, post more pictures, this, that. Well, uh, probably the middle of the summer, uh, Paramount Outdoors, you know, started following us on Twitter and, um, you know, started, you know, retweeting our post, loving our post. And, uh, you know, I didn't think anything about it. You know, they're, uh, you know, because there's a lot of, you can look at their profile, get a lot, you know, on everybody and see who's following you and see that, this and that. And I saw they're involved in apparel. Well, I, uh, here not too long. I mean, they, they were retweeting it and they said, man, we want to send you all some caps, you know, uh, well then I, you know, I saw that they made caps, you know, they, they made any sort of cap, you know, you see screen printed caps, uh, you know, whatever design of cap, whatever, they're licensed for, I believe, six different camo patterns. <clears throat> so they, and they're, uh, they, you know, like, and I was like, hey, well, that's great. You know, they loved what me and Kinsey were doing. You know, they said, you know, this is just great to see, see all the stuff y'all do together. So they would send us some caps and, uh, you know, and Ed's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, and Kinsey, you know, there's, you know, they'd send her some pink ones or, some, you know, different camouflage ones, you know, and all different things. And, well, then they sent some shirts and, <clears throat> well, then they, you know, so that was middle last summer. They started following me on Facebook and Instagram and they're like, Hey, we want to send you some shirts. So they would send me and Kinsey, you know, different shirts, uh, again, different camo patterns or casual, you know, a lot of them were just, but awesome casual shirts. I was like, man, these are, you know, they're uh, synthetic, you know, almost like dry fit sort of stuff. And, you know, then I'm starting to find out that they're more, they're a bigger operation than what, you know, than what I first thought. You know, I thought, well, just caps. Well, when I found out their, uh, their parent company is called Paramount Apparel and they employ 650 to 700 people, uh, in their operation. And I was like, well, this is a pretty big operation. Well, they, uh, it's so like I said, they would you know, retweet us. They'd follow us, uh, you know, and just, and they would, they would, t- you know, tell me on all the different, uh, social media, you know, you know, just love, you know, love that you and Kenzie are doing these things together. And so this went on all through the, uh, through the winter and, uh, came January, uh, they asked me, you know, they, they messaged me and they, you know, of course, like I said, I guess for at that point, they'd probably been following us for six months, you know, on all different media and, they said, you know, we'd like for you and Kenzie to bring on, be on our pro staff. And I said, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm not, because uh, I, I had my own opinion, uh, right, wrong, or different of what pro staff was. And I told him, I said, you know, hey, I'm not pro staff. You know, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not a person that's out there, uh, you know, basically, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my definition or what I thought pro staff was, you know, basically somebody out there repping your product, you know, on basically out in the public eye. And I said, you know, I'm not out in that public eye that big. I said, you know, we love what you and Kinsey do. You're the exact sort of person that we want representing our, our brand <clears throat> because of what you're involved in, what y'all do. You know, we love your story. And I was like, well, you know, I was like, well, what do I have to do? They said, don't do anything different. You and Kinsey just keep on doing what you're doing. Well, then they, uh, well, then, uh, you know, that was in January and they, uh, basically said, you know, we'd like for you to test our, our clothing. 
uh, see what was or you know, basically give us feedback on everything. You know, they started sending me different different camo patterns, you know, and, and different shirts, you know, Kinsey, you know, and you'll see pictures I post on different stuff, you know. I try to, you know, try to have her wear some, you know, tell me what man, what's wrong, what's right, you know, and all the stuff I get. Same sort of thing, of course, you know, you hear those sort of things and you're, well, are they really going to be taking my feedback? <laughs> you know, and, well, I'll be honest, you know, I, they'd send me some hoodies, they'd send me pants, they'd send me jackets, shirts, and, you know, for your size, you know, are you large? Is it too big? Sleeves too long? How's it feel? What's wrong? What's right? You know, and I would send them, send them in feedback on everything. And uh, they said, you know, hey, we, we want you to be part of what they're calling. You know, they're calling it their tribe. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, uh, you know, their pro staff, this is the first time they've put this, their, their first time they're ever doing a pro staff. And they said, we want you to, you and Kinsey be part of it. And I said, well, you know, there's some things Kinsey won't be able to do. You know, and they understood that. Yeah, so yeah, we, we know. And, uh, but they said, you know, there's some hunts we want you to go on. You know, you just show up. And we're going to have clothes. We want you to give us the honest feedback. You know, what's wrong? What's right? You know, and well, they, they said, we're having a gator hunt, you know, alligator hunt and hog hunt. And uh, first part of April in Florida, we want you to show up. I was like, are you kidding? And they're like, no. And as of something else, it was never on my radar that I'd be going on a gator hunt. And uh, so I went down there and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the real deal. It's like they gave me different, all different camouflage clothes. And I've given them feedback on, you know, what works with the, and of course they're using it in their social media, you know, all those sort of platforms. They're wanting to, you know, they're wanting to show what, what, uh, you know, you know, it's one of those things. I always have a hard time thinking myself as a pro staff, uh, from the aspect of, you know, I guess I've always gotten a bad taste of what I thought was a pro staff person, uh, over, over my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Nothing but good. And they had me go to Missouri. I got to see their, their operations here uh, a couple weeks ago and went into their factory. And I can't, you know, a lot of stuff I can't talk about because what they're, what they're doing, you probably, it may not, but a lot of clothing has had player, you know, it'll have whatever design on it, uh, you know, such and such golf or, you know, screen printing or this or that, but, you know, made by Paramount Apparel. Uh, well, they've been around for 90 years. They're a family-owned company, still a family-owned company, and they are getting into the outdoors clothing world. Uh, they're, you know, uh, like I said, a lot of it I can't see, you know, can't talk about yet, but, I mean, they're, uh, with all those different licensed camouflage patterns that you see, they're actually going to have, you know, before their name is in the background, well, now they're actually going to have their name on the clothing. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, you always think about, you know, some of the camouflage patterns, you know, only work in you know, this part of the country, that part of the country. I think you're going to see some stuff that, that different patterns coming out that probably going to work all across the country. You know, so it's actually some big things. And, uh, yeah, I've been really happy. I mean, that, that, that's some stuff that I actually told them during, you know, when I went to that, when those meetings again, they were like, you know, Hey, we want your ideas. You know, what do you like about this? What do you don't like about that? Cause you've been on all different hunts and 
I gave him some ideas and, and, you know, a couple of ideas are like, well, that's great. You know, that's, you know, we're going to incorporate that. And I was like, man, it actually, you know, to know that you actually do have some feedback and, right. you know, and they are actually listening. Yeah. yeah it that it matters. So I'm looking at, you know, you always, looking at the pictures, man, there's a couple of really nice gators, man. Oh man. We're taking on that. <clears throat> that, uh, that one guy, one guy killed that big gator. Wow. I mean, I, that, uh, I, I was there when he took it. That was the very last gator, um, uh, that was taken. I was there. And you know, when you, when you think of, you know, when you think about gator hunting, you know, of course I'd never followed any of the swamp people episodes or anything like that, but I equate them to turtles here. You know, every pond has turtles, you know, the slider turtles, this, and that. That's the way Florida is. Every pond has gators. Uh, and I mean, as I mean, you go to this pond, I mean, and this pond isn't, isn't that, I mean, of course it's, it's fairly good size, but yeah, that big gator came out of this one pond and I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, that, that, again, that makes it real when you see that sort of gator. And they, you know, of course they, that one was 10 and a half foot. They said the biggest one, they, those, you know, the two guys that were taking us around said the biggest they've, they've caught has been a 13 foot nine. And I was like, my gosh, what a gator. Yeah. Cause 10 and a half foot. I mean, this, his head is a third of a size of a couple of the other gators. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> that, you know, and, when I, when I got mine, I was like, you know, that in a big gator. Yeah, it's okay, gator. You know, but when I saw that, I was like, now that, <laughs> that is That's a, gator. a gator. And yeah, it looks like, uh, looks like there's a lady there that took one with a bow, huh? Even when archery. Oh, she took, she shot that, uh, she's a crossbow hunter, you know, uh, from Alabama. That's all she's ever hunted with. And she had a crossbow shipped down there because she said, I want to hunt with my crossbow. I mean, she got it on video. I mean, she had a tacticam on there. Uh, shot, she shot a hog uh, with her with her crossbow. Shot that gator. I mean, man, when you watch that, when you watch that video, I mean, she hit that gator right in the eye. And that's what they tell you: you got to hit them right in the eye, uh, or a glance off. And uh, she shot it with a crossbow. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, but yeah, we've. I mean, that, I was like, like, yeah, where would I ever have gone gator hunting? Uh, and they asked for Kenzie, you know, hey, Kenzie want to come down. And I was like, well, I was, you know, she, uh, she couldn't schedule because when they called me up about it, you know, schedule wise, it wasn't going to work. But I was like, Oh, I could just tell, I could tell Kenzie if it was, if timing was going to work, Hey, we're going to go gator hunting. I can just imagine her response. She would have said no way, <laughs> but yeah, it, it didn't work. And, and I knew logistically, I was like, ah, I don't even know how that worked. I didn't know if we're going to be hunting airboats. I don't know if we're going to be hunting, you know, how we're going to, how this gator hunting would happen. And, uh, but yeah, they want, they want her involved in those two. You know, they, they've got some other hunts that they, they say is coming up in the future. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really exciting that, uh, you know, when they said, yeah, we're, we were going to incorporate this because that's on this something that over the years that, you know, Hey, I think something like this should be done. And when they actually say they're going to do that, I was like, man, to know that your voice actually has been heard. And, you know, they're like, you know, I was like, you know, it actually, it means something when they're, they are going to incorporate a, an idea from a hunter. 
yeah, that, uh, I mean, really can, can they go wrong doing that? I mean, it's a smart move and then good on them for, you know, supporting you and Kenzie. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I thought, you know, when they, when they, when they came out and, uh, you know, approached me and said, you know, Hey, you know, just because we love what you're doing with Kenzie, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and that, and that, that told me a lot about the company right off the bat, you know, that, uh, you know, they're, they aren't, uh, they're wanting, they're wanting, you know, to support those different things. It's making an impact. You know, they're, they're a very big second amendment supporter. Uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole management, everything has been, you know, they're all involved in hunting. When I got there and got to meet with all of them, you know, I saw pictures of all the different hunts they've been on this and that. And I was like, yeah, these, they're actually practicing. They're, they're doing what they practice. And that man, that in in today's climate, uh, when it comes to business and competition and everything like that, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of folks that don't uh, walk the walk. So that's good to hear that. Uh, yeah, they're putting their putting their good foot forward with that stuff, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got I got nothing but high praise. I mean, I I, I going in not go, going in not knowing, you know, you know what is it all about. And, uh, you know, as I've gone into it, it's like, you know, it, it's actually, it's actually better than what, uh, you know, that, that what I'd heard, you know, ever, yeah, you know, be honest. I mean, my, my opinion of what I'd always heard pro staff was, you know, somebody just, Hey, you know, cause I, I, I got tired of all the people. Oh yeah. Hey, you gotta, just like we talked about, Oh, you gotta be using this. You know, if you don't use this, 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 you know, you're not going to be successful. You know, that's what I, I saw a lot of pro staff always pushing those because, you know, hey, they're getting free gear out of it. They're getting, you know, free publicity, free stuff, you know, no matter what it is. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not, I don't want, I'm not going to sell my soul for, for something like that. You know, if it's something I believe in, if, uh, you know, if these clothes are great, man, I'll say they're great. And if they're not, I'll tell them back here. It's like, you know, hey, this. The, this this stuff that you sent for me to feedback this stuff isn't good at all <laughs> but that's what i mean that's really what it should be about you know yeah that's really should, if you can't if you can't take it into the field and get some good use out of it and add to your experience you really should not be saying hey thumbs up here right i mean it oh yeah shouldn't go down that way man it's unfortunate yeah. that it does but yeah, my opinion of that is, uh, well, you know, my opinion of that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I've same, same thing. I've got same, you know, I, that's why I've always, you know, I was really hesitant first is like, you know, I'm not going to push something I don't believe in. You know, it's just like, it's not worth it. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. And, it, yeah, and then if you get someone, you know, behind it and, and because you're recommended it and then it's junk, then, you know, what good are you doing? Right. You just led somebody down oh, yeah. the wrong path. So. Yeah. I bought stuff before that somebody else banned this great stuff and, and come to realize right away it's crap. And it's like, man, they sold me a bill of goods, you know? And yeah. And that's, and, and today's world, man, it's sad, but that's, there's a whole lot of that goes on. It's dollars, man. It's dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, so good on Paramount Outdoors, man. That's, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear what, uh, 
I mean, going on a gator hunt, right? I mean, you know what to expect if they if they throw another one of those out there. Hopefully, Kenzie gets to go down there and, uh, you know, get her get her excitement and that uh, heavy breathing going, man. That gator <laughs> fever. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's you know with her if uh, <clears throat> if there's a hunt where you know a blind a, a uh, some sort of blind that's the best you know where. And that's why I told her, you know, that's why I told them when they first asked me, can she come down? I was like, you know, logistics is really tough. If, if it's one, someplace where she can be stationary, you know, where we can get her to spot, you know, that's, that's our perfect situation because, uh, so yeah. And they understood that when I, when I was talking to them, they're like, yeah, we can see that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they're, they've indicated there's some others and, you know, and they, I get different clothes from them all the time to, you know, Hey, try this out. What do you like? What do you don't? And, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's one of those things, cliche, but I, I really think there's some, they're, they're going to make some, they're going to make a splash, you know, how big a splash, but I think it's going to be a pretty big splash when, uh, you know, this, this stuff, I think will start hitting the market. Oh, this fall sometime, you know, that, that part of it, I understand, you know, they get into, okay, we got to have this to market this time, this time, this time. It's like, yeah, you're way beyond anything I can even fathom <laughs> yeah <laughs> the logistics of it all man so yeah earlier on man and it, it stood out to me and i've been holding it right so i do the conservation quick every episode and you mentioned rocky mountain elk foundation right being a member going to the dinners etc now one would think right you're in oklahoma you've been applying for elk tags for 35 years and you're supporting RMEF um, in, in a state that basically doesn't have a guarantee that you'll ever see that tag. Now, right. one, you know, you hear it all the time where, you know, a guy might say, well, you know, it's not doing anything in my state or I'm not able to hunt it in my state or, you know, they don't you know what is it doing for the whitetail, blah, 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 blah. So it kind of brought me into the conservation part of it. Um and thinking how, you know, why why stand behind RMEF versus, you know, and I'm not, I don't know that you don't, but, you know, something that's focused on whitetail, right? Oklahoma, um, the numbers are higher, et cetera, or, you know, Wild Turkey Federation. Um, but what's the importance of RMEF for you um, in that whole, that whole scheme of things there? You know, the... Uh... You know, to, I guess in my eyes, you know, the whitetail, you know, of course, the whitetail in, in itself is such a success story from, you know, of course, uh, any wildlife is you know, in the U.S. from where they were almost decimated across the nation, you know, a few cent- couple centuries back. Uh, you know, with the Rocky Mountain, you know, the elk, you know, from what their numbers were to what they came back from. You know, it's, it's just that calling, you know, I'm like, like a lot of people you've talked to, man, you get that elk in your blood, uh, man, it's, it's hard to get out. Um, you know, I, I think, and I don't know what the percentage is that they, uh, that goes back into our state of, of our money. Uh, you know, and I'm with those numbers out there. I don't know whether, whether I'm close or wild or what, but, you know, I'm thinking about 25, somewhere between 25 and 50% goes directly back into the state of Oklahoma, not just for elk habitat improvements, you know, different projects, but it benefits all different wildlife. <clears throat> so we actually do get to see some, 
see some projects come out of it directly here in the state. <clears throat> and I'm also a member of the, you know, the National Wild Turkey Federation and the uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. You know, and uh, I, I've been with some different whitetail groups over the years, but, you know, the the whitetail, I mean, you talk about adaptable species, you know, and I don't want to say they don't need as much, you know, conservation as anything else, but, man, a whitetail can, you know, live in, or in, a, in an urban area uh, a lot of times no problem, which elk, mule deer, all the others, they need some help. Beyond you know, turkey, turkey can have definite impact on on conservation. Yeah, I've, I've always supported elk just because it's always been one that really tugs at my heart. You know, the Rocky Mountain elk. Uh, just, uh, man, when I hear that elk bugle, when I see those bulls or those cows, uh, man, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of why I've, you know, if you look at if you look at where my biggest uh, imp, um, focus is on, on the conservation groups, yeah, it's Rocky Mountain elk right off the top. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, I'm National Wild Turkey Federation. You know, I haven't, uh, I probably haven't hunted turkeys, you know, out of the last 10 years. I've hunted probably three times uh, or three years out of those 10 years. But, uh, you know, just one of those things, I think they do a lot of good work. Uh, you know, we've, man, we've all got to be involved in conservation somehow, one way or another. You know, helping out, you know, even if you're not, even if you're like, man, I can't afford to go buy something at auction or Rocky Mountain Elk, man, they'd love to have you as a volunteer. Same thing with National Wild Turkey Federation or, you know, Quality Deer Management, any of those sort of, you know, Mule Deer Foundation. Man, even if you just went and volunteered boots on the ground, weekend projects or help them at the banquet, you know, anything like that. There, there's lots of different ways rather than just, you know, feeling like you just got to shell out money. You know, and, I, and you know, that's... uh you know, the, there, there's, and in today's world, and backcountry hunters and anglers, you know, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're a group that's growing leaps and bounds uh, that's fighting for a lot of access, you know, for hunters and anglers to be able to get into. So, yeah, conservation, if, if our kids and our grandkids are, are going to be able to enjoy this, we're all going to have to get involved, one shape or form, you know, and uh, we can't just talk about it. You know, say, hey, I'm going to do that next year. You know, next year gets here and we're still not doing anything. You know, it's, we, we've got to get involved now. Yeah. We don't get involved, man. We lose ground and it's, yeah. Gaining it back is the, uh, oh, yeah. The task, right? I mean, there's, you're in today's climate, you're not going to gain it back, unfortunately. It's, uh, yeah, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. Once we lose, once we lose access to those areas, now, we uh, we probably aren't going to see that, you know, getting access back to it. Absolutely, man. So you have anything uh, you want to say in closing? Any messages to get out there? Shout outs? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one thing I will, I, I didn't get to, didn't get to talk about too much earlier on the, uh, on my 2019 seasons, you know, Kenzie's, Kenzie's got hers, but I'm actually if the if the preference point uh, gods are are good in Colorado for me, this year, uh, my cousin and I should be doing a high country muzzleloader hunt uh, middle of September for elk in uh, Colorado, and uh, so that'll that'll actually happen before Kenzie's kicks off, 
and uh, I'll, you know, again, if everything works out right, I'll probably be in Nebraska for a muzzleloader deer hunt in December. And my brother and I are going to try to do another uh, out at hunt on public lands come January in Texas if everything works out right. I heard that that's but, an uh, amazing hunt too, man. Uh, man, I'll tell you, you talk about a, you know, they call it the poor man's bighorn. It is. It's a incredible hunt. I mean, it's a rough, rough country. Uh, exciting hunt. You know, I mean, it's it is a fun hunt. It's cheap. If you get if you get to do it on public land, man, tags tags and licenses are very cheap in uh, in Texas. Uh, but yeah, now that's a fun hunt. I'd recommend if you ever get a chance, man, put that one on your list. Uh, you talk about another challenge with archery. Uh, but it would be a fabulous hunt. Uh, you know, closing, you know, man, I, I, we talked some before, you know, I listened to your episodes with about Weston and TJ disabled outdoorsman USA and your scorchy earth, man, all props to those guys that, uh, yeah, I just, uh, nothing but big admiration for, for what they're doing. Uh, oh yeah. You know, and since my wife's listening to this, I'll give her a shout out. <laughs> she, will, or she will be listening to it. Yeah. She'll, uh, and I, you know, I tell you a lot of the things, like I said, it's been crazy. Our life together, uh, with, you know, with, with Kinsey's, with Kinsey's, uh, cerebral palsy. Uh, I've got to do a lot of things because she sacrificed a lot of time. You know, I'm able to go do those things, you know, uh, man, you know, family and friends I've had, I can't uh, talk about enough about my, you know, brother and that buddy Scott. I mean, we've done some awesome things of our life, and we're not done yet. But, uh, but yeah, I had thanks. Thank you so much for this opportunity, yeah, man. No, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I was absolutely excited to talk about you and hear about you and Kenzie, man. And you know, I follow along, and yeah, so it's, uh, it was coming. It was coming. But it's uh yeah I can't wait to see what this year holds for you guys man. Yeah yeah it uh, it, it could be a it could be a really exciting year. I'm uh, I'm really excited about uh, what what's gonna how it's all gonna shake out for her. I mean like I said if if these two hunts go you know as, as I sure hope they will, man it'll be. Uh, It'll, I'll be having to pay a taxidermy bill somewhere. <laughs> nothing wrong with that, man. That's <laughs> oh no, know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it, it's some. Well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes you kind of like you know swallow that big pill, but man, it's uh, nothing like looking up on on that wall and seeing that mount, man. Oosh. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and from her for for her to be able to when people come in because I guarantee you she will as soon as somebody, as soon as somebody comes in the house. She'll say, come look at my mount. I mean, (laughs) and with every right, I mean, she'll be proud just like me. If she's not saying it, I'll be telling somebody, Hey, come look at her mount. Well, man, I, uh, greatly appreciate the time. Um, thank you for getting on with me and and sharing your story and, uh, Kenzie's story, man, with, uh, your hunt and life and everything, man. I can't say thank you enough. Well, thank you guy, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, Man, that means the world. It's it's awesome. You know, it's like anything. I could talk hours about hunts, but man, oh, I'm yeah. glad glad to get to talk about this. Thanks for everything. Yes, sir. 
You can catch up with Mike on Instagram at Burnside4141. Head over to Facebook to Holy Pursuits Dream Foundation and find out how you can help Kenzie get on her Wyoming hunt. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.